3. Horus. Borrowed feathers do not make fine birds. The monkey and the dolphin it happened once upon a time that a certain Greek ship bound for Athens was wrecked off the coast close to Piraeus, the port of Athens. Had it not been for the dolphins, who at that time were very friendly toward mankind and especially toward Athenians, all would have perished. But the dolphins took the shipwrecked people on their backs and swam with them to shore. Now it was the custom among the Greeks to take their pet monkeys and dogs with them whenever they went on a voyage. So when one of the dolphins saw a monkey struggling in the water, he thought it was a man, and made the monkey climb up on his back. Then off he swam with him toward the shore. The monkey sat up, grave and dignified, on the dolphin's back. You are a citizen of illustrious Athens, are you not? Asked the dolphin politely. Yes, answered the monkey, proudly. My family is one of the noblest in the city. Indeed, said the dolphin. Then of course you often visit Piraeus. Yes. Yes, replied the monkey. Indeed, I do. I am with him constantly. Piraeus is my very best friend. This answer took the dolphin by surprise, and, turning his head, he now saw what it was he was carrying. Without more ado, he dived and left the foolish monkey to take care of himself, while he swam off in search of some human being to save. One falsehood leads to another. The wolf and the ass and ass was feeding in a pasture near a wood when he saw a wolf lurking in the shadows along the hedge. He easily guessed what the wolf had in mind, and thought of a plan to save himself. So he pretended he was lame, and began to hobble painfully. When the wolf came up, he asked the ass what had made him lame, and the ass replied that he had stepped on a sharp thorn. Please pull it out, he pleaded, groaning as if in pain. If you do not. It might stick in your throat when you eat me. The wolf saw the wisdom of the advice, for he wanted to enjoy his meal without any danger of choking. So the ass lifted up his foot and the wolf began to search very closely and carefully for the thorn. Just then the ass kicked out with all his might, tumbling the wolf a dozen paces away. And while the wolf was getting very slowly and painfully to his feet, the ass galloped away in safety. Serves me right, growled the wolf as he crept into the bushes. I'm a butcher by trade, not a doctor. Stick to your trade. The monkey and the cat once upon a time a cat and a monkey lived as pets in the same house. They were great friends and were constantly in all sorts of mischief together. What they seemed to think of more than anything else was to get something to eat. And it did not matter much to them how they got it. One day they were sitting by the fire, watching some chestnuts roasting on the hearth. How to get them was the question. I would gladly get them, said the cunning monkey. But you are much more skillful at such things than I am. Pull them out and I'll divide them between us. Pussy stretched out her paw very carefully, pushed aside some of the cinders, and drew back her paw very quickly. Then she tried it again, this time pulling a chestnut half out of the fire. A third time and she drew out the chestnut. This performance she went through several times, each time singeing her paw severely. As fast as she pulled the chestnuts out of the fire, the monkey ate them up. Now the master came in and away scampered the rascals, mistress cat with a bird paw and no chestnuts. From that time on, they say, she contented herself with mice and rats and had little to do with Sir Monkey. The flatterer seeks some benefit at your expense. The dogs and the fox some dogs found the skin of a lion and furiously began to tear it with their teeth. A fox chanced to see them and laughed scornfully. If that lion had been alive, he said, it would have been a very different story. He would have made you feel how much sharper his claws are than your teeth. It is easy and also contemptible to kick a man that is down. 
the dogs and the hides some hungry dogs saw a number of hides at the bottom of a stream where the tanner had put them to soak. A fine hide makes an excellent meal for a hungry dog, but the water was deep and the dogs could not reach the hides from the bank, so they held a council and decided that the very best thing to do was to drink up the river. All fell to a lapping up the water as fast as they could, but though they drank and drank until, one after another, all of them had burst with drinking, still, for all their effort, the water in the river remained as high as ever, do not try to do impossible things, the rabbit, the weasel, and the cat a rabbit left his home one day for a dinner of clover, but he forgot to latch the door of his house and while he was gone a weasel walked in and calmly made himself at home, when the rabbit returned, there was the weasel's nose sticking out of the rabbit's own doorway, sniffing the fine air, the rabbit was quite angry for a rabbit, and requested the weasel to move out, but the weasel was perfectly content, he was settled down for good, a wise old cat heard the dispute and offered to settle it, come close to me, said the cat, I am very deaf, put your mouths close to my ears while you tell me the facts, the unsuspecting pair did as they were told and in an instant the cat had them both under her claws, no one could deny that the dispute had been definitely settled, the strong are apt to settle questions to their own advantage, the bear and the bees a bear roaming the woods in search of berries happened on a fallen tree in which a swarm of bees had stored their honey, the bear began to nose around the log very carefully to find out if the bees were at home, just then one of the swarm came home from the clover field with a load of sweets, guessing what the bear was after, the bee flew at him, stung him sharply and then disappeared into the hollow log, the bear lost his temper in an instant, and sprang upon the log tooth and claw, to destroy the nest, but this only brought out the whole swarm, the poor bear had to take to his heels, and he was able to save himself only by diving into a pool of water, it is wiser to bear a single injury in silence than to provoke a thousand by flying into a rage, the fox and the leopard a fox and a leopard, resting lazily after a generous dinner, amused themselves by disputing about their good looks, the leopard was very proud of his glossy, spotted coat and made disdainful remarks about the fox, whose appearance he declared was quite ordinary. The fox prided himself on his fine bushy tail with its tip of white, but he was wise enough to see that he could not rival the leopard in looks. Still he kept up a flow of sarcastic talk, just to exercise his wits and to have the fun of disputing. The leopard was about to lose his temper when the fox got up, yawning lazily. You may have a very smart coat he said, but you would be a great deal better off if you had a little more smartness inside your head and less on your ribs, the way I am, that's what I call real beauty, a fine coat is not always an indication of an attractive mind, the heron a heron was walking sedately along the bank of a stream, his eyes on the clear water, and his long neck and plump bill ready to snap up a likely morsel for his breakfast, the clear water swarmed with fish, but master heron was hard to please that morning, no small fry for me, he said, such scanty fare is not fit for a heron, now a fine young perch swam near, no indeed, said the heron, I wouldn't even trouble to open my beak for anything like that, as the sun rose, the fish left the shallow water near the shore and swam below into the cool depths toward the middle, the heron saw no more fish, and very glad was he at last to breakfast on a tiny snail, do not be too hard to suit or you may have to be content with the worst or with nothing at all, the cock and the fox one bright evening as the sun was sinking on a glorious world a wise old cock flew into a tree to a roost, before he composed himself to a rest, he flapped his wings three times and crowed loudly, but just as he was about to put his head under his wing, 
His beady eyes caught a flash of red and a glimpse of a long blunt nose, and there just below him stood Master Fox. Have you heard the wonderful news? cried the fox in a very joyful and excited manner. What news? asked the cop very calmly, but he had a queer, fluttery feeling inside him, for, you know, he was very much afraid of the fox. Your family and mine and all other animals had agreed to forget their differences and live in peace and friendship from now on forever. Just think of it. I simply cannot wait to embrace you. Do come down, dear friend, and let us celebrate the joyful event. How grand, said the cock. I certainly am delighted at the news, but he spoke in an absent way, and stretching up on tiptoes, seemed to be looking at something afar off. What is it you see? asked the fox a little anxiously. Why, it looks to me like a couple of dogs coming this way. They must have heard the good news and, but the fox did not wait to hear more. Off he started on a run. Wait, cried the cock. Why do you run? The dogs are friends of yours now. Yes, answered the fox. But they might not have heard the news. Besides, I had a very important errand that I had almost forgotten about. The cock smiled as he buried his head in his feathers and went to sleep for he had succeeded in outwitting a very crafty enemy. The trickster is easily tricked. The dog in the manger a dog asleep in a manger filled with hay, was awakened by the cattle, which came in tired and hungry from working in the field, but the dog would not let them get near the manger, and snarled and snapped as if it were filled with the best of meat and bones, all for himself. The cattle looked at the dog in disgust. How selfish he is, said one. He cannot eat the hay and yet he will not let us eat it who are so hungry for it. Now the farmer came in. When he saw how the dog was acting, he seized a stick and drove him out of the stable with many a blow for his selfish behavior. Do not grudge others while you cannot enjoy yourself. The wolf and the goat a hungry wolf spied a goat browsing at the top of a steep cliff where he could not possibly get at her. That is a very dangerous place for you. He called out, pretending to be very anxious about the goat's safety. What if you should fall? Please listen to me and come down. Here you can get all you want of the finest, tenderest grass in the country. The goat looked over the edge of the cliff. How very, very anxious you are about me, she said, and how generous you are with your grass. But I know you. It's your own appetite you are thinking of, not mine. An invitation prompted by selfishness is not to be accepted. The ass and the grasshoppers one day as an ass was walking in the pasture. He found some grasshoppers chirping merrily in a grassy corner of the field. He listened with a great deal of admiration to the song of the grasshoppers. It was such a joyful song that his pleasure-loving heart was filled with a wish to sing as they did. What is it? He asked very respectfully. That has given you such beautiful voices? Is there any special food you eat? Or is it some divine nectar that makes you sing so wonderfully? Yes, said the grasshoppers, who were very fond of a joke. It is the dew we drink. Try some and see. So thereafter the ass would eat nothing and drink nothing but do. Naturally, the poor foolish ass soon died. The laws of nature are unchangeable. The mule a mule had had a long rest and much good feeding. He was feeling very vigorous indeed, and pranced around loftily, holding his head high. My father certainly was a full-blood racer, he said. I can feel that distinctly. Next day he was put into harness again and that evening he was very downhearted indeed. I was mistaken, he said, my father was an ass after all, be sure of your pedigree before you boast of it, the fox and the goat a fox fell into a well, and though it was not very deep, he found that he could not get out again, 
after he had been in the well a long time, a thirsty goat came by. The goat thought the fox had gone down to drink, and so he asked if the water was good. The finest in the whole country, said the crafty fox. Jump in and try it. There is more than enough for both of us. The thirsty goat immediately jumped in and began to drink. The fox just as quickly jumped on the goat's back and leaped from the tip of the goat's horns out of the well. The foolish goat now saw what a plight he had got into, and begged the fox to help him out. But the fox was already on his way to the woods. If you had as much sense as you have beard, old fellow, he said as he ran, you would have been more cautious about finding a way to get out again before you jumped in, look before you leap. The cat, the cock, and the young mouse a very young mouse, who had never seen anything of the world, almost came to grief the very first time he ventured out. And this is the story he told his mother about his adventures. I was strolling along very peaceably when, just as I turned the corner into the next yard, I saw two strange creatures, one of them had a very kind and gracious look, but the other was the most fearful monster you can imagine, you should have seen him, on top of his head and in front of his neck hung pieces of raw red meat, he walked about restlessly, tearing up the ground with his toes, and beating his arms savagely against his sides, the moment he caught sight of me he opened his plump mouth as if to swallow me, and then he let out a piercing roar that frightened me almost to death. Can you guess who it was that our young mouse was trying to describe to his mother? It was nobody but the barnyard cock and the first one the little mouse had ever seen. If it had not been for that terrible monster, the mouse went on. I should have made the acquaintance of the pretty creature, who looked so good and gentle. He had thick, velvety fur, a meek face, and a look that was very modest, though his eyes were bright and shining. As he looked at me he waved his fine long tail and smiled. I am sure he was just about to speak to me when the monster I have told you about let out a screaming yell, and I ran for my life. My son, said the mother mouse, that gentle creature you saw was none other than the cat. Under his kindly appearance, he bears a grudge against every one of us. The other was nothing but a bird who wouldn't harm you in the least. As for the cat, he eats us. So be thankful, my child, that you escaped with your life. And, as long as you live, Never judge people by their looks. Do not trust alone to outward appearances. The wolf and the shepherd. The wolf had been prowling around a flock of sheep for a long time, and the shepherd watched very anxiously to prevent him from carrying off a lamb. But the wolf did not try to do any harm. Instead, he seemed to be helping the shepherd take care of the sheep. At last, the shepherd got so used to seeing the wolf about that he forgot how wicked he could be. One day he even went so far as to leave his flock in the wolf's care while he went on an errand, but when he came back and saw how many of the flock had been killed and carried off, he knew how foolish to trust a wolf. Once a wolf, always a wolf, the peacock and the crane a peacock, puffed up with vanity, met a crane one day, and to impress him spread his gorgeous tail in the Sunday, look, he said, what have you to compare with this, I am dressed in all the glory of the rainbow while your feathers are gray as dust. The crane spread his broad wings and flew up toward the Sunday, follow me if you can, he said. But the peacock stood where he was among the birds of the barnyard, while the crane soared in freedom far up into the blue sky. The full is of much more importance and value, than the ornamental. The farmer and the cranes Some cranes saw a farmer plowing a large field. When the work of plowing was done, they patiently watched him sow the seed. It was their feast, they thought. So, as soon as the farmer had finished planting and had gone home, down they flew to the field, and began to eat as fast as they could. The farmer, 
of course, knew the cranes and their ways. He had had experience with such birds before. He soon returned to the field with a sling, but he did not bring any stones with him. He expected to scare the cranes just by swinging the sling in the air, and shouting loudly at them. At first the cranes flew away in great terror, but they soon began to see that none of them ever got hurt. They did not even hear the noise of stones whizzing through the air, and as for words, they would kill nobody. At last they paid no attention whatever to the farmer. The farmer saw that he would have to take other measures. He wanted to save at least some of his grain, so he loaded his sling with stones and killed several of the cranes. This had the effect the farmer wanted, for from that day the cranes visited his field no more. Bluff and threatening words are of little value with rascals. Bluff is no proof that hard fists are lacking. The farmer and his sons a rich old farmer, who felt that he had not many more days to live, called his sons to his bedside. My sons, he said, heed what I have to say to you. Do not on any account part with the estate that has belonged to our family for so many generations. Somewhere on it is hidden a rich treasure. I do not know the exact spot, but it is there, and you will surely find it. Spare no energy and leave no spot unturned in your search. The father died, and no sooner was he in his grave than the sons set to a work digging with all their might, turning up every foot of ground with their spades, and going over the whole farm two or three times. No hidden gold did they find, but at harvest time when they had settled their accounts and had pocketed a rich profit far greater than that of any of their neighbors, they understood that the treasure their father had told them about was the wealth of a bountiful crop and that in their industry had they found the treasure. Industry is itself the treasure. The two pots two pots, one of brass and the other of clay, stood together on the hearthstone. One day the brass pot proposed to the earthen pot that they go out into the world together, but the earthen pot excused himself, saying that it would be wiser for him to stay in the corner by the fire. It would take so little to break me. He said, you know how fragile I am. The least shock is sure to shatter me. Don't let that keep you at home, urged the brass pot. I shall take very good care of you. If we should happen to meet anything hard I will step between and save you. So the earthen pot at last consented, and the two set out side by side, jolting along on three stubby legs first to the side, then to that, and bumping into each other at every step. The earthen pot could not survive that sort of companionship very long. They had not gone ten paces before the earthen pot cracked and at the next jolt he flew into a thousand pieces, equals make the best friends, the goose and the golden egg there was once a countryman who possessed the most wonderful goose you can imagine, for every day when he visited the nest, the goose had laid a beautiful, glittering, golden egg, the countryman took the eggs to market and soon began to get rich, but it was not long before he grew impatient with the goose because she gave him only a single golden egg a day, he was not getting rich fast enough, then one day, after he had finished counting his money, the idea came to him that he could get all the golden eggs at once by killing the goose and cutting it open, but when the deed was done, not a single golden egg did he find, and his precious goose was dead, those who have plenty want more and so lose all they have, the fighting bulls and the frog two bulls were fighting furiously in a field, that one side of which was a marsh, an old frog living in the marsh, trembled as he watched the fierce battle, what are you afraid of? Asked a young frog, do you not see, replied the old frog, that the bull who was beaten, will be driven away from the good forage up there to the reeds of this marsh, and we shall all be trampled into the mud, it turned out as the frog had said, the beaten bull was driven to the marsh, 
where his great hooks crushed the frogs to death. When the great fall out, the weak must suffer for it. The mouse and the weasel a little hungry mouse found his way one day into a basket of corn. He had to squeeze himself a good deal to get through the narrow opening between the strips of the basket, but the corn was tempting and the mouse was determined to get in. When at last he had succeeded, he gorged himself to bursting. Indeed he he became about three times as big around the middle as he was when he went in. At last he felt satisfied and dragged himself to the opening to get out again, but the best he could do was to get his head out. So there he sat groaning and moaning, both from the discomfort inside him and his anxiety to escape from the basket. Just then a weasel came by. He understood the situation quickly. My friend, he said, I know what you've been doing. You've been stuffing. That's what you get. You will have to stay there till you feel just like you did when you went in good night. And good enough for you. And that was all the sympathy the poor mouse got. Greediness leads to misfortune. The farmer and the snake A farmer walked through his field one cold winter morning. On the ground lay a snake, stiff and frozen with the cold. The farmer knew how deadly the snake could be, and yet he picked it up and put it in his bosom to warm it back to life. The snake soon revived, and when it had enough strength, bit the man who had been so kind to it. The bite was deadly and the farmer felt that he must die. As he drew his last breath, he said to those standing around, Learn from my fate not to take pity on a scoundrel. The six tag is tag had fallen sick. He had just strength enough to gather some food and find a quiet clearing in the woods, where he lay down to await until his strength should return. The animals heard about the stag's illness and came to ask after his health. Of course, they were all hungry, and helped themselves freely to the stag's food, and as you would expect, the stag soon starved to death. Goodwill is worth nothing unless it is accompanied by good acts. The G-O-A-D-H-E-R-D and the wild goats one cold stormy day a goatherd drove his goats for shelter into a cave, where a number of wild goats had also found their way. The shepherd wanted to make the wild goats part of his flock, so he fed them well, but to his own flock, he gave only just enough food to keep them alive. When the weather cleared, and the shepherd led the goats out to feed, the wild goats scampered off to the hills. Is that the thanks I get for feeding you and treating you so well? complained the shepherd. Do not expect us to join your flock, replied one of the wild goats. We know how you would treat us later on, if some strangers should come as we did. It is unwise to treat old friends badly for the sake of new ones. The spendthrift and the swallow a young fellow, who was very popular among his boon companions as a good spender, quickly wasted his fortune trying to live up to his reputation. Then one fine day in early spring he found himself with not a penny left, and no property save the clothes he wore. He was to meet some jolly young men that morning, and he was at his wit's end how to get enough money to keep up appearances. Just then a swallow flew by, twittering merrily, and the young man, thinking summer had come, hastened off to a clothes dealer, to whom he sold all the clothes he wore down to his very tunic. A few days later a change in weather brought a severe frost, and the poor swallow and that foolish young man in his light tunic, and with his arms and knees bare, could scarcely keep life in their shivering bodies. One swallow does not make a summer, the cat and the birds a cat was growing very thin, as you have guessed, he did not get enough to eat, one day he heard that some birds in the neighborhood were ailing and needed a doctor, so he put on a pair of spectacles, and with a leather box in his hand, knocked at the door of the bird's home, the birds peeped out, and Dr. Cat, with much solicitude, asked how they were, he would be very happy to give them some medicine, tweet, tweet, laughed the birds, very smart, 
Aren't you? We are very well. Thank you. And more so. If you only keep away from here, be wise and shun the quack. The dog and the oyster there was once a dog who was very fond of eggs. He visited the hen house very often and at last got so greedy that he would swallow the eggs whole. One day the dog wandered down to the seashore. There he spied an oyster. In a twinkling the oyster was resting in the dog's stomach. Shell and all. It pained the dog a good deal. As you can guess. I've learned that all round things are not eggs. He said groaning. Act in haste and repent at leisure and often in pain. The ASTROLOGIER a man who lived a long time ago believed that he could read the future in the stars. He called himself an astrologer. And spent his time at night gazing at the sky. One evening he was walking along the open road outside the village. His eyes were fixed on the stars. He thought he saw there that the end of the world was at hand. When all at once. Down he went into a hole full of mud and water. There he stood up to his ears. In the muddy water. And madly clawing at the slippery sides of the hole in his effort to climb out. His cries for help soon brought the villagers running. As they pulled him out of the mud. One of them said. You pretend to read the future in the stars. And yet you fail to see what is at your feet. This may teach you to pay more attention to what is right in front of you. And let the future take care of itself. What use is it? Said another. To read the stars. When you can't see what's right here on the earth. Take care of the little things and the big things will take care of themselves. Three bullocks and a lion. A lion had been watching three bullocks feeding in an open field. He had tried to attack them several times. But they had kept together. And helped each other to drive him off. The lion had little hope of eating them. For he was no match for three strong bullocks with their sharp horns and hoofs. But he could not keep away from that field. For it is hard to resist watching a good meal. Even when there is little chance of getting it. Then one day the bullocks had a quarrel. And when the hungry lion came to look at them and lick his chops as he was accustomed to do. He found them in separate corners of the field. As far away from one another as they could get. It was now an easy matter for the lion to attack them one at a time. And this he proceeded to do with the greatest satisfaction and relish. In unity is strength. Mercury and the woodman a poor woodman was cutting down a tree near the edge of a deep pool in the forest. It was late in the day and the woodman was tired. He had been working since sunrise and his strokes were not so sure as they had been early that morning. Thus it happened that the axe slipped and flew out of his hands into the pool. The woodman was in despair. The axe was all he possessed with which to make a living. And he had not money enough to buy a new one. As he stood wringing his hands and weeping, the god Mercury suddenly appeared and asked what the trouble was. The woodman told what had happened, and straightway the kind Mercury dived into the pool. When he came up again he held a wonderful golden axe. Is this your axe? Mercury asked the woodman. Mumber answered the honest woodman. That is not my axe. Mercury laid the golden axe on the bank and sprang back into the pool. This time he brought up an axe of silver. But the woodman declared again that his axe was just an ordinary one with a wooden handle. Mercury dived down for the third time. And when he came up again he had the very axe that had been lost. The poor woodman was very glad that his axe had been found and could not thank the kind god enough. Mercury was greatly pleased with the woodman's honesty. I admire your honesty, he said. And as a reward you may have all three axes. The gold and the silver as well as your own. The happy woodman returned to his home with his treasures. And soon the story of his good fortune was known to everybody in the village. Now there were several woodmen in the village who believed that they could easily win the same good fortune. They hurried out into the woods, one here, one there, and hiding their axes in the bushes, 
pretended they had lost them. Then they wept and wailed and called on Mercury to help them. And indeed, Mercury did appear, first to this one, then to that, to each one he showed an axe of gold, and each one eagerly claimed it to be the one he had lost. But Mercury did not give them the golden axe. Oh no. Instead he gave them each a hard whack over the head with it and sent them home. And when they returned next day to look for their own axes, they were nowhere to be found. Honesty is the best policy. The frog and the mouse a young mouse in search of adventure was running along the bank of a pond where lived a frog. When the frog saw the mouse, he swam to the bank and croaked, Won't you pay me a visit? I can promise you a good time if you do. The mouse did not need much coaxing, for he was very anxious to see the world and everything in it. But though he could swim a little, he did not dare risk going into the pond without some help. The frog had a plan. He tied the mouse's leg to his own with a tough reed. Then into the pond he jumped, dragging his foolish companion with him. The mouse soon had enough of it and wanted to return to shore, but the treacherous frog had other plans. He pulled the mouse down under the water and drowned him. But before he could untie the reed that bound him to the dead mouse, a hawk came sailing over the pond, seeing the body of the mouse floating on the water. Teak.